honor to Pastor Venice for trusting me to stand here and praise God for allowing me to be a dirt human's body to speak his word to his people. And first of all, I want to thank some of my youth because they kept saying, I, don't, I can't sing, I can't dance. And said, well, I want to see you doing something. And I thank you for your obedience. And when I came to the door, you all were greeters today. I thank you for your obedience today. Not that my shoes hurt. But so that I could go into my own territory. If you can stand with me, I'll be reading from Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 4 and verse 5 from the NLT version. Again, that's Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 4 and 5, and I also will be reading from Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10. Even before he made the world, God so loved you, 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 and you. Yes, you. And he chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault or blame in his sight. God decided in advance to adopt you into his own family by bringing you to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Even before he made or created the world, God loved you. Ephesians 2 and 10. Why? For we are God's masterpiece. The eye of his glory. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long time ago even before the world was created you may be seated Father God I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus that you speak to me and Allow me to speak what you show me, O oh God, unto your people. God, I'm asking that I decrease, O oh God, and you may minister and speak unto me, O oh God. Have your way right now in the name of Jesus. I kept struggling over a title. And what the Lord gave me last night was simply you. The title is you. The title is you. The title is you. I want to do something a little different. I, I want to go back on a journey to the day of creation. But before I do that, I want to set it up so that we're all on the same journey. We can all see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So the first setup 
It's the day of creation when God speaks and he says, let there be day and light. The sky and the land and the sea and vegetables and all different type of trees and uh, different plants that will have seed bearing uh, fruit that comes out of it. That could be the sun and the moon, the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all different type of creeping, crawling animals. And then he says, let us make mankind in our image and likeness, male and female. He created. He blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over my creation. And when he looked at all he had created, he said, this is very good. That's our first part. So God has spoken and he has created and everything is complete. And we looked at it, he said, it is very good. The second part of the setup starts in Job, the 38th chapter. And I don't really want to focus too much on Job, but more so, it is what God said to Job. And this conversation comes about because Job is actually just demanding that God explain, why have you allowed so much stuff to happen to me? I don't want to take it for granted that everybody is church and may know the story because our, our, our thing was to invite people that usually don't come. So I'll give you just a snippet of what went down with Job, but it's not really a part of what I'm going. But what happened was Job was a faithful and a righteous man to God. He obeyed God. But then what happened was Job lost his family, all of his children, all of his wealth. In today's side, he lost his home, his money, his jewelry, and all of his credit cards was to zero. <laughs> and not to say that, but he was real, 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 real sick. And so he was demanding that God explain, why would you let all this happen to me when I've been so faithful? I've done what you asked me to do. Well, he had a couple of friends that was with him too. And they wanted God to explain to Job that you, you done did something. There's no way that all this would have happened if, if you hadn't done something that was sinful. And so I tell you, this was a long, long conversation. I mean, it was some days. I don't even know how many days it was. But they were going back and forth, and Job was demanding. And I don't know, maybe about 35 chapters later, it was finally God steps on the scene. But the crazy thing about it was, God didn't even answer Job's question. Now, this part belongs to our setup. This is what I want to, this is our, our setup for our journey. This is the second part. Because God says, Job, where were you? He started talking about creation again. When I laid the foundations of the world, where were you when I spoke my blueprints? Where were you when I made my precise measurements and placed the sun and the stars and the moon in the sky? Now, this is the part that I want us to pay attention to. Where were you when the morning stars were singing and all the angels was praising and rejoicing? So with our journey, we know that God has now spoken creation. And what he has seen with his own eyes, he said it is very, very good. We also know that whatever went down, that the angels was there. They said the morning stars and all the angels were, the morning stars were singing and all the angels were praising and rejoicing him. Amen. Now let's go to our next setup. Because now 
It is now in this part, Genesis 2, where we step on the scene. It ain't no plants there. There's no trees there. There's no fish there. There's no animals there. There's no man there. But he just spoke it. God said, there's no man. First of all, he said, there's nothing here. He said a little bit more, but he basically said there's nothing here. Because I have not brought forth mankind to take care of it. And so then, this is our part where he then forms man, reach into the ground, and he blows the us's, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he blows himself in, mankind. And mankind became a human being, a living sac, a, li a living being. And then from there, that's when the plants start coming up. Animals came forward. And in this part, what he had a wife, she came forward. And then they all lived happily ever after and did what they had to do in the garden. That's our next setup. And then the next setup is out of nowhere, a serpent comes in the garden. And this serpent causes Adam and Eve, who he had created, to take care of that which he had made for them. And he caused them to sin against God. And when he caused them to sin against God, they got separated from God. And uh, they contaminated the world, best way I can say it. And with that contamination, this is what we got. And you got that? He spoke creation. The angels was there. Then all of a sudden, nothing was there till man came forward. And then serpent came and tempted them, and they lost everything. Mouth a little dry. <laughs> now, come, come, come. Let's all go take a journey. Let's take a journey. Let's take a journey back to the day of creation. The day of creation. It is he that if I would try to give the right precise words, I, I still wouldn't, couldn't explain him. If I would say the best definition of his honors and his glory, I would still miss it. So all I can say is the eye of glory was there. The eye of glory was there. And on that day, when God speaks that which he creates, everything that it needs comes to, and it becomes what he says it is to be. When God said, let there be sky, it was a purpose, and, the, and, and, and everything that the sky needed to do and preserve for the earth, it was. God says, let there be the stars and the moons and the plants and the trees. And he spoke what they were to do and how they were to operate. And then when he got to mankind, he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, our nature, that they are holy and without blameless. Let us. They're so unique that I'm going to give them an, an inherited gift. You thought that you probably could sing just because maybe you got it from your mama. You thought that maybe you were so crafty because maybe you're just good with your hands. And you thought that you were so um, articulate that you just, I'm just smart like that. Or you thought that you was bad in the kitchen because I can whip it up and make something out of nothing. But, but God has 
has a purpose and a plan for everything he creates. And it's for the upbuilding of his kingdom. You thought you were just awesomely good that I can skillfully play any type of instrument. But when God spoke to mankind, it was for the divine purpose of his plan and the glory of his kingdom. You heard the saying that your gift will take you where your character can't keep you. If he's the originator of that which he's given you, and then when he gives you himself, there's so, 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 so much more that we could do. And in the midst why God was speaking to mankind, when God was speaking to your existence, even though you weren't here yet, He was speaking that which you would fulfill in his divine plan. It was so awesome that the morning stars began to sing glory, glory, glory. It must have been something awesome that he put in you, that he put in you, that they begin to sing, oh, awesome God, holy, holy, holy. It was a praise party going, it said that all begin to rejoice and begin to sing of that what they saw God create. God looked at his creation. God looked at you. 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 All y'all. And said, whoo! This is very, very very good. But there was a particular angel there who was called the morning star. Scripture says, you know, theologians say that maybe it was the star singing or maybe there's others that said that maybe it was a rank of an angel. But I do know scripture says that the morning star is his name. And he was there. Now, there's some stuff that I've kind of added, but I believe God has given it to me because it ain't all scripture. (laughs) But he began to look at the awesomeness that God had put in you and the purpose and the plan and why he particularly created you. Even though we are all filled with him. And I believe he probably sung the hardest. (laughs) Holy, 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 holy awesome. And it says this morning star was the different than all of the other angels. He was more powerful because that's how God had created him. He was more beautiful than all the other angels because that's how God created him. He had all the right, perfect, different, beautiful stones that God had put in him because that's just the way he created him. He was more powerful than all the other angels. He was more wiser than all the other angels. But I'm just going to say, this is just Venus speaking. But I believe what he saw in you, in you, in you, even though you weren't here yet. What all God had gave him, he said, this ain't good enough. For he decided, I'm going to lay down everything that God has given me. And I want his throne, if you will, because I want you. I want you. I want you. In Revelation, it says that he got one third of his boys, which is the angels. 
And they decided they were going to pop up on the throne and knock God on out. That's my part of the verse. So they ganged on up. He said, you look how, look how beautiful I am. Look how wise I am. Look how he created me so powerful. I can handle all of this. I can take control of all of this. Let's go do this. But because God, who was almighty and all-powerful, who was all-knowing, wasn't, wasn't taken off, wasn't knocked off, wasn't shocked of what was going on. Okay. Because even before the world was created, God loved you and chose you in Christ Jesus. He decided it's in advance. Follow me because I don't even want to lose you. Now here it is. He goes to try to take God's throne. And the word of God said that he was kicked out of heaven and that which God did give him. The power, whatever that awesome power was, was taken away from him. Though he still has some power. But that was taken away from him, and he was kicked down on earth. Yes, yeah. Now, Scripture doesn't give a whole lot of detail of just how long he wandered down there. But I know one thing. God went along with what his plan was to be all along. He went along with the plan that he had already created, and he yes. decided that it is now time. So he now stepped into time, although he is not restricted with time. And then he began to say, uh, it's time to do what I have called my creation to do, to yeah. share my glory, exemplate my glory in the earth. And so he brought forth Adam out of the dirt. And he blew himself in. Already done and complete. Now, this is me just again. I just believe when God placed himself in Adam, because Adam already knew the mind of God, I also know that I believe that God wanted to walk with Adam and show him uh, the things that he had prepared that they may be able to join and dine with what he had, had made. And so what I'm saying is that when the trees, before they came forward, I believe when God blew himself with um, Adam, he said, Adam, look, here's this tree. You see this tree? And the tree started coming forward. He said, see, he said oh, I see it, Daddy, because I see just like you see. That particular tree is made to do this, and it has to be here, and it has to be in this type of atmosphere because it needs to be here all for the conducing and the glory of the earth. It, it adds unto what it needs. And, 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 and then the rest of the plants start coming up, and, and God began to allow Adam to use the mind that he's given him and the intellect and understand why he had made creation the way he did concerning the plants. And, and then when it came to the particular trees in the middle, he said, Adam, the tree right there of knowledge, good and evil, don't ever eat from it. For the day that you do, you surely will die. God continues, he said, you know what? You, you, you need some help. And so then that which he had already spoke, he began to manifest and bring it forth with the creature because he needed him to work that which he has given him, the territory and that which he has given him. And then he brought forth the animals. And Adam was able to say, I see. Look at the uniqueness. God, you bad. I see what he's created for. Wow. Look. Yes. I see the, 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 the owl and what he's created for. Yeah. And then begin to bring forth the, the birds in the sky. 
and the fish in the sea. And he was able to see the honest and the glory of what God had brought us there for and knew what they needed to do and why they needed to do it for the glory and the inhabitants of the earth. Uh -huh. And then God looks at Adam. I said, Adam, I've put in you everything you need to take care over that which I'm giving you. It's impossible for you to fail. You've got everything you need. It is impossible for you to fail because I'm in you. He takes Adam and places him in the garden. He said, wait a minute, you need another health mate. Because in the beginning of the time, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Adam, you are my first seed. And from you, I'm going to bring a mighty nation. And from you, I want you to fill this earth with my glory, with all the unique things that they do, built upon that which I'm giving you. And so God put Adam to sleep, and he takes a rib out of his side, and of course he brings forth Eve and out as he created her. And of course, they are living happily ever after. So you would think. But there was somebody else in the garden. And the reason why I know was I believe in Matthew it says, well, matter of fact, Ezekiel and Isaiah talks about you was even in the garden. Morning star. Standing back looking for the opportunity time. Because he still demanded that he wanted God's throne. I want to rule over God's creation. I don't know what he saw, but it had to be awesome and, and, and mind-blowing. But he was still determined, I want to rule over your throne. So he decided, hey, if anybody knows how to trick them, I would. I would. I've already experienced it. You say, how? I'll get them to think that what God, all that God has invested, all the glory and the inheritance that he has poured in them isn't good enough and that there's something more better. So he went and started talking to Eve. And he got her to tell where the tree was at or maybe he just already knew because he was there. But he's aware of the tree, and she started talking and walking about it. He, he told us not to touch it. And then my husband said, don't even eat it. That part's Venus. His sly, crafty self. He says, that's because he don't want you to be like him. He started thinking about that thing that her boo Adam stroll up. <laughs> Did you know God don't even want us to be like him? <laughs> For the day that you eat of it, the morning star, the serpent said, you'll be just like him. So all that God had given them, the seed that was supposed to bring forth the nation, the seed that you and I was in, that would give us the ability to carry out that which God had purposed and planned for us in the earth. Yeah. They took 
and said, all this ain't good enough. I want his throne. And when they decided to say, I want his throne, just exactly what Satan did. They decided to walk independently. I don't need God. I got this. Got stuck that way. And begin, they, they brought a nation forth that was totally crippled, evil, and wicked. And they were now fatherless. Without the mighty God. Still had the unique gifts. Still able to do different things. But he who created can only do the awesomeness and expound that which he created it for. It is since that very day that Satan and his boys, rulers, principalities, demonic forces, have been fighting and assaulting mankind to maintain his kingdom that he stole. I love to read the Old Testament. I like to read the stories and the histories of it. I like to see how God used people and how they were one way just so jacked up and then all of a sudden he called them faithful. I'm like, he's nowhere near faithful. And then to begin to see God work with them through different trials and tribulations and grow them up. But I want to tell you the whole time that I thought I was reading stories, the Lord was actually speaking to you and you and you. I begin to see him now use the man who is now in the physical realm to speak that which was to come. I thought there was story. You said, what are you talking about? Abraham. Abraham, whom God calls faithful and the father of many nations. He says, Abraham, come here. You see all this land? Abraham says, yep. You are foreign right now. You are foreign right now. You, you in the enemy's territory. But I, Abraham, it is through you. I'm going to give you a seed. And that seed is going to bring forth me a mighty nation. With that seed that's going to bring forth a mighty nation. Genesis 22 says they're going to possess the enemy's territory. Your seed, Abraham, that I'm going to give you, that seed will not only bring a mighty nation and possess the enemy's territory, it's going to bless all nations. Abraham, Family did have a seed, a son named Isaac. Isaac was born miraculously, a miracle child. For they had finally received the promise that God had said. And I believe Sarah was 90, he was 9,900. Just, they really not. 
It was a miracle birth. And it was with this miracle birth that Abraham finally gets the son he has always longed for. He loved this boy. I mean, he loved him. And God decided to test Abraham. Abraham, if you love me, and he just said that, I said that. I want you to give me your son as a burnt offering. He asked a particular offering. Give me your son as a burnt offering. Abraham was the father of faith, and he believed that what he heard, he operated on it. He said, I want you to go to the land of Moriah. That is a mountain or region of mountains. And then when you get there, I'll show you the place. Abraham takes him and his son Isaac and his other two boys, a servant. And before they get to going into the land of Moriah, so y'all stay here. We will be back. That's a faithful man. Because he had been given a command. Abraham, sacrifice you. We will be back. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. And as they begin to start walking up uh, the mountain of the land of Mount Moriah, the Bible says that Abraham gave Isaac the wood in which he was to be sacrificed on to carry it up the mountain. Daddy? Who gonna be the sacrifice? Faithful Abraham, son, the Lord will provide. Or better yet, son, so confident in that what God has spoken, he will do what he said he would do. Son, God had already took care of it. As Isaac is walking up with the wood that he will be sacrificed on, and Abraham is going into the mountain of Mount Moriah, he finally gets to the place. Now, some folks say if he went to Mount Moriah, then he may have been inside the walls of Jerusalem, so it couldn't be in the place of this other dude. But scripture says, God said, Abraham, take your son to the land of Moriah, which is a mountain, a, re, a, a, a region of mountains, um, and, and it is in the proximity of Jerusalem. But scripture doesn't say where it was. He says, when you get there, I'll show you the place and where you are to sacrifice him. So here is Abraham. One thing about a burnt offering is that the offerer takes part. The purpose of a burnt offering is not because of what you done. It's the jackness of what Adam and Eve caused us. It's the sickness, it's the sin-sick soul that we have. So when the offerer sacrificed the burnt offering, which was an animal, and let me let you know this, that we don't go out, God does not require human sacrifice. 
But here it is that when Abraham was over his son and tied him up, and you know a son said, Daddy, who gonna be the sacrifice? He was not a little kid. A couple of y'all ages. But I believe he had seen just how faithful his father was. He was willing to trust because he knew whom his father served. But Abraham, it says that the offerer would take his hand and place it on the head of the sacrifice, the pure animal. And the reason why they did this is so that he can identify, I'm looking at you and I'm touching you because I know that when I kill you, you are taking away my depravity, my jacked up state that I am in. And this is some faith because this really kind of messed me up. For with a burnt offering, you had to cut it all up to pieces while you were holding it. And then you had to completely burn it. Abraham had just told his boys, we be right back. Then he tells his son, God will provide the sacrifice. But then he's wrapping his son up and tying him and just laid him on the wood, got the fire ready, the knife ready to, uh, uh, to offer him up as a sacrifice. And God says, no, I see that you're faithful. Seems like an awesome story would God use Abraham for. But it's just not a story. It's just not a story. Abraham didn't kill his son because the Lord did provide a perfect lamb and he got in the place and he took the place and so he gave God that burnt offering, that lamb. He said, well, Venus, where you going with this? They're just not stories. Here is Isaac, the son of the promise. It is the same son that was born miraculous. It's the same son who is the seed of of Abraham, who God had already spoke that through your seed, I'm going to bring forth a mighty nation. It is that seed, Isaac, who's now going to bring forth this mighty nation, and they're going to possess the land, and it's through Isaac that all nations will be blessed. It is the same Isaac that carried up his wood that he will be sacrificed on. It is the same Isaac that God said, Isaac, because there was a famine in the land. He says, look, look, can you count all the stars? There's no way possible. Can you count the sand on the seashore? No way possible. That's the mighty nation I'm going to bring forth through you. That's the mighty nation I'm going to bring forth through you. You see where you're standing? It doesn't belong to me. This is Venus, but it once was. It doesn't belong to me. He says, but, but where you're standing, I'm going to give my descendants this land. And not only am I going to give my descendants this land, they're going to possess the enemy's gates. It is through you, Isaac, that I'm going to bring forth a mighty nation. Just stories. But Isaac, Bible says, begot, which he had some kids. He had Esau and Jacob. But God chose the younger, Jacob. Yeah. Now, Jacob. <laughs> was that tight dude? Smile in your face. All your girl. Jacob, that tight girl, though he was a guy. 
be real, real cool with you, done lied on you, done said all type of things about you, still smiling in your face and talking to your boo. <laughs> that type of Jacob. Lie, steal, cheat, uh -huh. any way you can get it. Let me borrow $500. I'll get back to you next Tuesday. Uh, no, next, next Tuesday. Yes. Yes. I ain't got it. But he riding in a new car. Yeah. I'll have your money next week. It's that type of Jacob. Yeah. I just thought they were really stories. Yeah. But in one particular time in the story, Jacob decides to go back because he had stole his birthright from his brother Esau. Yeah. And Esau was going to take him down. I'm going to oh, kill yeah. you. Yeah. Now, I'm trying not to lose any type of slain because I always mess it up. And then my son be like, Mom, that was not the right slain for that part. <laughs> so you use your mind, if you will. That Esau was going to come. And he wanted to go back home, but he knew that he had to deal with Esau because he had stole the birthright. Amen. And here it is that Jacob decides to go back home. And so he puts his concubines. And you know, it's kind of the best picture to try to pick. His bulls, his bulls on the side, it was his concubines. And their children, his other wife, and their children, and his favorite, favorite wife that was behind. Now, I don't know. This is just Venus. If he did it, because just in case they come attack, you get my first booze. Uh -huh. I'm just, maybe you get them first. Uh -huh. By the time you get to us, you'll be tired of changing my, I don't know. But it says that before they crossed over, I believe that Jacob had went over to the side of a Jaka, a Jaka, however you want to pronounce that word. But when he went there, he had a wrestle yeah. with an angel. And he had a wrestle with an angel when they were wrestling and tuggling all night long. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, I thought these were some awesome stories, but I'm telling you, God had you in mind. And they began to wrestle all night long. And Angel says, you got to let me go before daybreak. Uh -huh. And I believe Matthew says that towards daybreak, uh -huh. it says that Jacob wasn't just wrestling, but he was weeping and crying. He said, not until you, and bless me, <laughs> will I let you go. And the angel said, what is your name? Huh? My name is Jacob. For identify his jackedness. I'm going somewhere. Just hold on with me. And as he began to wrestle, the, the, the angel knocked his hip socket. And so you just think it's a story of him just slagging on to this guy and they just wrestling. But then as he began to say, not until you bless me, the angel says, your name will be Israel. For Israel yes. represented a new nature. Just stories. Just stories. Really? Is it? Did he paint a picture and explain 
what he had already decided in advance. Just stories. Just born old church stories. Did he possibly paint a picture? After Jacob's nature got changed, he begot, had a son named Joseph. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some good stories. <laughs> Some good history stories. <laughs> Joseph was so loved by his daddy. His daddy had a coat made for him with many different colors. Just such good stories. He had a bad coat with different many colors. I mean, okay, well, God never does anything just because. When he speaks, he speaks. His brothers became so jealous, they decided they were going to kill him. But instead of killing him, they sold him for a couple of measly silver coins. And he was thrown and he was sold into slavery. But then to think about it, as he got into slavery, he was then falsely accused. He was falsely accused by wanting somebody that he didn't want. Go more into the story. You got to read yourself. But it was falsely accused, and it says that he was put down in a dungeon, in a prison. Just stories. And while he was in a prison, there were two prisoners. They had a dream. And when they had a dream, he said, one, you will go back and be rise back up and placed in your position. You're going to die. The other one that was raised back up, it was a time such as the king started having some dreams and he needed somebody to uh, dictate or tell those dreams. And so he was remembered of Joseph. So when Joseph came up, just to give you the story, he came and he told the king what was going to happen. And he became Pharaoh's right-hand man. Uh Just stories. Uh Good old nice story. Look how God worked and brought him up. He became Pharaoh's right-hand man, and Pharaoh made him ruler over all his empire. During that time, there was a famine again. And so, therefore, his brothers and his father, bring the story on home, had to come get some wheat, some food, and he ended up bringing them over to live in Egypt. It is there that they were so prosperous, and uh, they had many, many children. They started to become this mighty nation that God had been speaking about. But during that course, the original pharaoh that knew Joseph had died and doesn't really say, but I guess a couple of more pharaohs came on scene that had no idea who Joseph was. Mm-hmm. And he began to look at the mighty nation of Israel. And he said, they are so strong. They are so powerful. If they team up with our enemy, they're going to leave out of our country in which they are foreign in. So let's suppress them. Mm-hmm. 
Let's press them down. They did some horrible things and had to work and slave. Matter of fact, they said, let's make them our slaves, and they became the slaves. Just stories. And when they became the slaves, they still kept birthing forth children. The Pharaoh said that when the first babies are born, male boys kill them. The wives couldn't do it, the housewife. And so he sent another order out to kill the male child. Just stories. As they were pressed, oppressed, and in a horrible place, God heard the cries. And yeah, I skipped little stories. You got to go back and read it because they're not born church stories. I tell you, I tell you, they're really not. He brought a Moses. And Moses came and got the people just to bring the story on home. And Moses represents the law. Moses gave them that which God gave him. And this was a place where God was using Moses, which is the law, was to get them right. It was to keep them holy and blameless. So that they can always be with God and He can be with them. And wherever that He took them, they were mighty at doing, and they could be able to rule over that which God had given them. But they could only do it with Him. But they had to follow all the commands and the law which God gave Moses. Moses passed. I'm almost there because these just stories. Moses, and it became Joseph. Joshua. Joshua was the warrior. He was the one that led God's mighty nation into the territory, into the land in which he had promised them. He was the one that said, allow the ark to go before us, which is the glory of God, the presence of God who fights for us. And he was the one that when they began to possess the land, he told them, you belong over here. This is your territory. This is your territory. You've got everything you need. Now go for it. You said, Venus, where in the world are you going? Our God who sits high, who sits low, had decided long time ago, let us Make mankind uh-huh. yeah. in our image, uh-huh. male and female. God blessed them, and he said, this is what I created you to do. This is your job assignment. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and have dominion over my creation. It is he that's the Abraham. For God is the father of many nations. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, and he carried the wood on Calvary. He was the burnt offering just for you and me. He represented the birth offering that would take away our depravity, our jacked up in this state. It was through him that he's going to give us a new nature. That's the Jacob. It's the Jacob in you. It is he 
that not only sent Jacob, but not only will he give us Jacob, he's going to give us a Joseph, a Joshua. Make sure I got the names right. And will fill us with the Holy Spirit. And let me go back because I don't want to miss Moses because without Moses, you can't do nothing in where he's taking you. For with that, he gave us Moses. And Moses, that is righteousness. He gave us a new nature. What am I trying to say? God, before the world was created, so loved you. And he had already chose you. He was not off guard when Satan came in and thought he took his mighty nation and his mighty people. In advance, he had already decided that he that is God of many nations would send Jesus Christ and he would come and break the Jacob in you. (laughs) He would break the Jacob in you because the only way you can do what God has called you to do is that sometimes you have to have your hip broken. It's not your hip, but it's more so that I can do this by myself. It is not that I can do this by myself, but he wanted you to know that there's going to be a wrestling. God, I want to do it my way. God, I want to do it this way. And then God has to break us so that we know that it's no longer our strength, but in his strength that is working through us to do that which he has called us to do. He's called us for a mighty work. He's called us to do a mighty work. There are some things that we go through in life that we may think that, oh, you know, the things that I've done, the things that have happened to me, you don't understand what my cousin did to me. You don't understand what was said to me. The enemy desires to keep us locked up in a box. He fears that which God has truly invested in you. Only when you are tapped into him will you be able to feel all that God has spoken in your life. I always question and always say, well, how come? Pastor used to always say, I believe that the enemy has literally peeked into our future. Now, this is just Venus speaking, but I believe that when he was kicked from heaven, God left her with a little vision of you, of you, and of you. And he sees the mighty things that he has placed inside of you to do. But the enemy has so desired to keep you so suppressed, so jacked up, to to, to continue to assault the world. You say assault the world like what? When you can see somebody go into a movie theater and kill everybody, when you can record somebody being murdered or being beaten up on your phone and it's okay with you and it does not bother you, that is assault against humanity, but God has called you for a greater purpose. God has called you for a greater purpose. It's not by accident that you have the unique gifts that you have. Usually your unique gift will take you into the territory in which he has assigned you. But if you don't have the character of Christ, he can never do the abundant things that he has called you to do. He has already paved the way. He has already made the way. (laughs) He has already done it for you. Don't try to do church as usual. Today was annual youth and young adult day. And I was a, 
okay, slash half youth and still youth, but no longer youth. <laughs> and I remember getting prepared for those days. I remember that when I got prepared for those things, I was thinking about what I was gonna wear, how cute my outfit was gonna look, make sure my hair was all done. And he wasn't really on my mind. He really wasn't on my mind. <laughs> but when I began to get a relationship with Christ, and realized it wasn't just about my outer appearance, but my inward appearance, and began to pair myself for worship, it mind blew me the things that he could do and how he inhabit the praises of his people. I don't want you to leave here just with another church experience. But I want you to know that Christ came and he died for you. Just for you. And he said he had chose you and he had created you way before the world was even created. But he had a purpose and a divine plan for you. You will never experience and do all that God has called you to do as long as we allow the enemy to keep us in a box. You said get out the box, but God said I already got rid of it. The way you obtain the freedom is that you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. He comes and he moves and he makes his abide in you. That he may do that which he has required and that he has called and that he has spoken for you to do. You seem to think they were just stories. But truly, God was thinking about you and you and you all the time. He has a purpose. He has a mighty plan for you. He has a calling for you. It does not have to mean that you have to be a preacher, a deacon, or what. You just have a special calling. Just like Joseph, when he took the people over to the territory, you have a territory. But if you don't have that which God has called you to root over your territory, the enemy will come and take it over again. We as the body of Christ have to stand up and allow God to move in us that we may rule over that which he has given us. You may be a cook, a good cook in a restaurant, but when God is in you and he's in you, it's not only the things that he allows you to do, but it's the life that he allows you to change. He's called us to rule. You may be a good musician or a good singer, and God opened doors for you to walk in. It's just not for you to show off your melonious talents, but it's for you that when he's placed, when he's in you, it's allowed a time for you to transfer lives, to make change lives, that he may be able to use them because you are the seed of Abraham. The seed that you plant begins to touch other people's life, and then the seed that they plant in the other people's life begins to grow more and more. We are a mighty nation that God has chosen. We have been chosen to take over the enemy's territory. No, this world is not our home. But the fact of the matter is, God has given us a great inheritance. He's put all his good stuff in you. He's put all his unique stuff in you. He didn't do it just so that we can sit up here and stay in the four walls, or, and stay in the four walls of a box church. He did it for you to go forth and change life. Matter of fact, he gave it to you that you can tell them God has 
a great inheritance for you. You don't have to stay the same way. You don't have to be bound up in the same way that you are bound up. He has a purpose and a plan for you. You just did not happen by mistake. When God spoke you in the beginning of creation, he had a divine plan for you. You are not a mistake. I'm not saying it just to pump you up. You are not a mistake. He had a divine purpose and a plan for you. And God wants to use you to the expound. You see yourself like this. But God sees you like this. That's just one person. But just imagine if you allow to say, Lord, I accept you into my life. I don't want to play church. I want to be the church. I want to be what you called me to be. I don't want to just do little cute things, but when I'm at my job, when I'm at my school, when I'm at the grocery store, I want my life to so shine the glory of you that when I open my mouth, without opening my mouth, just my presence begin to change the atmosphere. God, I want you to come and speak and live in me. That you begin to change people in such a profound way. That when we pray, it's just not, Lord, thank you for this. Is, but that you shake up the atmosphere. That you shake up the atmosphere. That you begin to heal. God has a purpose and a plan for everyone. Anything that has you bound down, it has you uh, tied up, trials, temptations, whatever it is, living with your boo, not living with your boo, sleeping with your boo, whatever it may be. It is just the enemy trying to suppress you, keep you down, so that you never step into all that God has spoken in your life. That's all it is. It is him trying to suppress you so that you never walk into all that God has, he has given you. Have you ever asked yourself, is this all the life? Have you ever just sat there and you just live a life and say, is this all to life? We go to church. We out of church. We live whatever we want to do on the weekend. We go to church. We out of church. We do whatever we want to do. Is this all to life? Is this the only thing I was created for? You are God's masterpiece. I said that when God speaks, he never just says, you be you. When he spoke into your life and when he spoke into your life, he spoke every particular unique thing that he designed you to be. You can't do it and you'll never be able to do it without him. When he created you, he spoke every particular unique thing and that you were called to do in the earth. The enemy knows on the day of creation there's some of y'all that was born in 19-something and some of y'all was born in 2000 and something. I don't think we have anybody in 18-something. But if we do, I'll include you too. Even though you were not here yet, the enemy knew about the uniqueness of you, the might of you, the power of you. 
He knew about you. Oh, no, this ain't just a story. He knew about you. He knew the oddness of what God had placed in you. He knew the powerness of what God had placed in you. And from the very moment you stepped into the scene world, he sought out. He sought out to suppress you. You ain't got to say it, but some of us have been through molestation. Some of us have been beaten. Some of us have been abandoned. Some of us have been hurt. Some of us have been lied on. Some of us from the time we were young were told we were ugly and ain't going to be nothing. And now that we're of age, that's just how we feel. It is the enemy. It is the enemy. I'm ugly. I'll never be nothing. I'm not pretty enough. I need to lose weight. I need to do this. You're so busy concentrating in the box just like he planned it to be. It is his desire to keep you there. It's his desire to keep you there. Because when the God that I cannot even begin to give a precise, awesome, just a a good word to describe just who he is. When he spoke into your life, he spoke a mighty person Uh in your life. Uh In your life. Uh Either stay where you are Uh and never ever see the awesomeness that he can take you. Or by faith. By faith. Not even knowing what all he has planned for you. But just by faith. Says, God, I'm going to try. You at your word. The truth be told, honest the truth to be told, I don't even know if you're real. That's truth. What about if there's just other gods? You know how I know that? Because I teach Sunday school and that's what I hear. What if this is a a, a, a slave god of the Christians. Uh-huh. That's, what I, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. All I'm asking you to do is just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Step out on the word that you just heard and see what it is he has purpose in you. Just see what it is he's purposing you. Just see what it is he's purposing you. Rather you're trying to reach your own goals, you will never, ever accomplish that which God has spoke over your life. You may get a little money, you may get a little fame, but you will never, ever, without him ruling and reigning in you, he wants to do mighty things to you.
The enemy will make us believe and think that the things that we have done, the sin acts that we have done, that we are not good enough, and that we don't want to raise our hand. We're intimidated to pray to him because of the things that we've done, the lifestyle that we live. You are perfectly holy when you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's work. Just take it by faith. And not only are you holy, you are created to do good works. Get your inheritance. Step out the box. Matter of fact, look down at it and realize it was really just a stronghold and it really didn't exist at all. It really did not exist at all. All I want to leave for you today is that God has created you for great purpose. He decided this before he even created the world. You are all ready on his mind. Kind of hard to think about that. You are all ready on his mind of the good works that he has for you. Walk in it. Live in it. Take it by faith. Walk in it. Live in it. Get your inheritance. It has been freely given to you. Walk in it. Live in it. Dwell in it. Allow him to do mighty and awesome great things for you. Walk in it. Live in it. And allow him to do mighty and awesome and great things to you. Yes, you will. to go here, leave here. We're just not just taking a little bit of faith and says, God, I see a little bit of qualities that I have, but through this vessel right here, Venus, that you've allowed to speak,